Welcome to the Real Journey Podcast. My name is Patricia and I'm your host. In our podcast, we speak with entrepreneurs from all across the continent, listening to their journey, their stories. We listen to their inspiration, how they've been empowered. We talk about their fears, the risks that they've taken, and the challenges that they've had to overcome. This podcast is inspirational in nature and very organic conversation. Of course, our podcast would not be successful without our amazing listeners. So if you're listening today, I'd love for you to hop onto the podcast platform you're listening on and give us a review as well as share this episode with your friends if it truly resonates with you. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Real Journey Podcast. This week, we're speaking with Elaine Capuchins. Elaine is the owner of Wilshire Media, a digitally focused media, PR, and content marketing firm based in Cambridge, Ontario. She's also the creator and host of Pitch Class, a media and communications training for entrepreneurs. Elaine and I have been working together for close to a year now, and what I say, she is nothing short of amazing. It it was, it's been transformational working with her in my entrepreneurship journey. So I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today so you can hear about her journey in the world of entrepreneurship and how she has the success that she does. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome, Elaine. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. That's amazing. I'm so excited to hear about your journey. I know a little bit um, about who you are and what you do, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you, what you do? Yeah. So, um, well, where do I start? (laughs) Um, well, I guess let's start. Um, so I have a background in journalism. Um, so that was kind of where I started my career and, um, you know, uh, around 2014, I launched the holistic parent magazine, um, which was a natural health and wellness magazine for families in the Waterloo region. Um, and that was kind of like where my entrepreneur journey really officially started. I kind of dabbled in it um, before that as a, as a uh, working journalist, but really 2014, I would say really um, was the beginning of like full-time entrepreneurship. Um, And then since then um, I ran the magazine successfully for about five years and it was super fun and it was my baby. Um, And then in 2019, right at the end of the year, um, as I said, the magazine came to its natural and organic conclusion. And I made the shift full-time to supporting other small businesses. Um, so I guess during the five years that I was running the magazine, a lot of what I was doing was connecting with small businesses more, more than I was connecting with the readers. Um, and I ended up hosting, um, I was hosting, uh, shows and markets and networking events. And, um, I I just, I, there were so many other ways that I was able to support our local small business community. And it was actually through that that I sort of realized I was doing as much with the small businesses as I was doing with the magazine itself. Um, So I sort of made the decision that I really couldn't keep up both paths. (laughs) Um, So at the end of 2019, I made the switch full time, um, shut the magazine down, moved away from content publishing. And now I work more on the public relations and content marketing side where I support um, female entrepreneurs and small businesses and other professionals um, to kind of grow and build their businesses. So 
that's currently what I'm doing. Um, I have two brands essentially. So I have Wilshire Media, which is my service-based business. So that's where I do a lot of like one-on-one coaching and mentorship and training programs. Um, And then I also own Pitch Class, which is my digital platform. And that's where we do digital training, um, online courses. And then I also have a private online community that I help support um, local businesses as well. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> That's incredible. It, it's uh, it's amazing to see how much you've transformed over the last seven years in entrepreneurship. Uh, was there one thing that really inspired you initially to go the road of entrepreneurship or did it organically just happen that way? Um, you know, a little bit of both. I would say that I was probably interested in entrepreneurship for um, almost as long as I can remember, I think. And I don't, I don't know what exactly it was. I was always interested in business. My dad um, was, uh, I mean, kind of a typical business guy. Um, he worked for a huge corporation, um, for like 30 years, really climbed that corporate ladder. Um, but I always, he had a really good business brain. Um, he has, he still has, he's still around. (laughs) He has a very good business brain. And I always respected that. And I thought that was really, um, I always had great conversations with him. I got an opportunity to work, um, with him after I graduated high school, Um, for a few years. So that was kind of an interesting dynamic to see what it was like to actually watch him in business. So I think that was kind of how it all started. Um, But even as a young, like I even remember as a younger teenager, when people asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, I was really into dance. So I wanted to be a dance teacher. That was kind of where I thought things were going to go. But instead of saying I wanted to be a dance teacher, I always said I wanted to own my own studio. So I think for me, I really saw dance as an, not only just an opportunity to be in that world, but I really saw it as an, as an opportunity for entrepreneurship. It wasn't something I could articulate when I was 13, but looking back, I really do think it was that like entrepreneurial kind of spirit kind of showing its, its wings. And then even as I was moving into college and university and college and, you know, deciding what my career was going to look like. I think I'd always had business ownership as an option for me. Um, Even as I was going into journalism, you know, I was accepted to this journalism program after four years at university. And I genuinely saw uh, journalism as an opportunity for entrepreneurship, that I was going to be able to create something on my own at some point. So I think that desire was always there. Um, Pretty early on. So actually, yeah, as I said, I I started a magazine um, before the Holistic Parent, which was called Scrum, and it was a rugby magazine. Um, And I just sort of had this idea while I was in journalism school. And uh, I spent a couple of years and did business plans and all that good stuff. And I launched um, the magazine. I mean, talk about, (laughs) you want to talk about like destiny and timing. Um, I launched the first issue of Scrum Magazine uh, in the fall of 2008. And if anybody genuinely remembers the fall of 2008, um, that was when the stock market like imploded. And the, I mean, it it was like, it was like 2020 (laughs) back in 2008 minus the lockdowns. But I mean, the world like went nuts. So I had launched a business right before that. So it was a struggle, like literally right from day one. Um, but yeah, that was really my like first, honest, genuine taste of entrepreneurship was launching this magazine. I think I was like 26 at the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I think it was always there and it was like looking for those opportunities, um, as they were presenting themselves and, and, you know, being okay, trying that kind of stuff. 
there must have been a huge mindset shift from when you first began the magazine in 2008 to where you are today. Can you maybe take us along that journey of what that mindset looked like and that mindset shift looked like? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think, I think the biggest mindset shift for me was the idea of going from like, this was just something fun that I was doing, um, to that I could potentially make a career out of this. And that really was, you know, when I started dabbling in entrepreneurship in 2008, um, I genuinely, I don't think that I had the mindset that I was ever going to take that full time. It was, I mean, side hustles weren't a thing. That wasn't a term in 2008 that didn't exist, but that really was what it was. Um, I was working full time in a magazine in Toronto. Um, I had a job. I had a career. I, I thought I had like a trajectory. Um, the starting the rugby magazine really just was like, hey, I see this opportunity. It could be fun. I'm kind of interested in entrepreneurship. Like I'm 26. Like I kind of, I don't know. That was sort of the end of my thought process there. But I think the biggest mindset shift came more in 2000, like at the end of 2019 into 2020, because even when I owned the holistic parent, um, this was something, you know, they're talking about mind shift. Like this really was something that I had to kind of get over was that I was, I always thought I was a full-time mom first and foremost, whenever people introduced themselves or whenever I was meeting somebody new, they were like, Hey, what do you do? And I was like, Oh, I'm a full-time mom. And that was like my default answer. And then usually if somebody was like standing close by, they're like, wait, don't you own like a really successful magazine as well? And I'm like, oh yeah, I do that too. But my mindset really was like, I was mom first. I was a stay-at-home parent. I was a full-time mom. And oh, by the way, I also had this magazine that I do on evenings and weekends. Or like my go-to phrase was like, this is something I do to keep my adult brain functioning, like while I'm working from home or while I'm taking care of my kids. So the biggest mindset shift I think came from like that almost like dismissive, like, oh, this is just kind of what I do on the side to like, oh no, this is like, this is my business. This is my, this is, this can be a, this is a full-time career, right? This is going to make money. There's, there's growth potential. And I really did start to think of myself and my business more as a business versus like, a hobby or something that I was like doing as well as being a mom. So, I mean, it definitely was not an easy shift. <laughs> um, you know, big, big shifts like that take work. Um, they take recognition. I didn't realize that I was holding myself back from growth because I was being very dismissive in my language that I was using about the magazine. Um, but you know, uh, it came with some work. I was working with a business coach at the time and she was really helping me kind of get over some of that stuff. And, um, it's been invaluable. And I think about my business completely differently. Now I run my business completely differently. Now, um, my day-to-day -day activities, my work-life balance, like everything just changed when I started to view my business as a business. You mentioned something really important there that I'm wondering if you can dive in a little bit more on. Um, you mentioned shifting your mind from a hobby into being a business owner. Can you take us along that uh, framework of how you shifted from being a hobbyist to a business owner? Because I feel like this is something that a lot of women, especially moms, struggle with. I know that I struggled with it when I was launching my business. Um, and maybe you can take us along that framework. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it's interesting because I don't think it was like a purposeful decision where it wasn't like one day I woke up and I was like, well, I'm, I want to own a business. Like 
I, I think for a long time, I thought I was running a business, but you know, now, now that, you know, the hindsight's always 2020, 20, right? Looking back, I wasn't, I was never taking it seriously as seriously as I should have. Right. It was just always one of these things where it was like, oh, the kids are, you know, they're down for a nap. I'm going to shoot off a couple of emails. Or I was just always kind of just like trying to slot things in. And that, that work schedule and that mindset was really limiting because I just, everything just kind of meshed together. There was no schedule. There was no, I didn't have, I really wasn't able to compartmentalize my time. And I think it was because it was just, I was just always constantly doing something, right? Like I was either being a parent or I was trying to run this magazine and grow this business. But yeah, it really, it it did take somebody kind of pointing it out to me that like, And there were, you know, there were a couple of opportunities that I had to really take a step back and say, like, you know, where do I want to see my business and how am I going to be able to grow my business? And I think growth is a huge topic for female entrepreneurs. And I think it's something that we all genuinely struggle with is like, how are we going to grow this business in a real way? And I think there's a couple elements that some of it is just some of that mindset that like, we're not business, we're not business people, right? Like I really genuinely never thought of myself as a business person. I was a magazine publisher. I was a mom, but I really didn't connect with that idea of being a business owner. I liked the term entrepreneur, but uh, you know, in my heart of hearts, I really was not connected with the term business owner, which is incorrect. (laughs) I absolutely was a business owner. And I really, now I approach my business as I am the CEO of my business, right? I am the, I am that top level. I'm, I need to be delegating. I need to be the one doing the business development and the growth for the business. The other piece of the growth puzzle is that a lot, we're not, nobody has ever taught how to grow a business, right? There's lots of information about how to start a business, right? Like there's step-by-step frameworks of like how to start a business, right? Like do this step, then do this step, then do this step, right? And even when marketing, like I work in a lot with marketing right now, there is a bit of like a formula, right? Like you do this, you do this, you do this, here are the results that you're expecting. But the growth piece, it's, it's a more of a struggle, right? And especially for service-based businesses, Um, I see this all the time and this is, I I work a lot with service-based businesses is there's only so many hours in the day and there's so many days in a week. So you have a finite number of hours that you're able to provide those services. Well, how do you grow beyond that? And it's these types of like questions that I had to ask myself in order to kind of get over some of these kind of, um, I, I mean, for lack of a better term, like limiting beliefs. Like I really was limiting myself on where I was going to be able to grow the business, how I was going to be able to grow the business. Um, because all I kept thinking is I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. There aren't enough hours in the day to do everything that I need to do. And that is a little bit more of that. Like when I was believing it was more of like an evenings and weekends, like I'm a full-time mom all day. Then, you know, the kids go to bed and then I can get a few hours of work in. Right. Like that was definitely my schedule or like I would try to get in a few hours um, on the weekend as well. Right. Like that's just how I ran my business. And that's a not a sustainable model (laughs) and B, it's not a model that's going to be, you know, conducive to growth. And after running the business for five years, it is that idea of like I did have to take a step back and take a hard look and be like, is this is this sustainable? 
can I maintain what I'm doing? And am I going to be able to grow this in a real way? And when I started to look at those questions and I started to look at the answers, it was pretty obvious that, um, you know, I, I had reached the pinnacle of what I was going to be able to do in the way that I was functioning. And so that was where that mindset shift did have to, did have to come in order to, for me to be able to see some sort of like long-term growth potential. And with the business that I'm in now and the model that I'm working with now, I am leaning into that, to the idea that the growth is there, the potential is there. And I 100% approach this as a business, not as a hobby. And like, it's everything has changed. I love that you talked about growth and how you had to really transform from that mother role to that CEO role. And from my viewpoint, you've had so much success in your career and your businesses and where you're going. Can you take us along that? Um, what really drives you to reach for more and achieve more every single day? Um, yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's, you know, there's a couple of factors there. I think part of it is um, I just ambition, right? Like I, I can see you know, if I look, if I try to project what my business will look like in 10 years, I can see it. I have a very, very clear vision on what, what that future me, I know there's like all kinds of like great activities about like write a letter to your future self and like what you look at and, and, um, how you're living your life. That's very clear to me. I very tapped into like what my business could be. It's just, you know, the struggle is how do I get there, right? Like what are the what are the things that I need to put into place in order to get to where I want? But so there is that ambition there. Like I can see I can see where I want to be with my business. And then so that's sort of like that future bit. But then there is that little bit of like I have to look at my past, right? Like I there is, there's, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of desire to live up to the expectations of what I have, what uh, the expectations I had for myself, right? Like I've always envisioned myself being a very successful person, right? And success means a number of different things, but I've just always, I've just always seen myself as that person. So there is a little bit of that pressure to kind of live up to that. Um, and then also like, you know, from my family as well, right? Like that's a lot of my vote motivation is like, I want my, I want to be a good example to my girls. I want them to understand that, you know, w- you make decisions, right? And then you, you move through those decisions. I made a very clear conscious decision not to return to my career um, as a journalist after my first maternity leave. That was a decision that my husband and I sat down and made, and we had to live with that decision. We had to drop down to one income. We've had to, you know, sacrifice. We both drive older cars. Um, Would we like to move to a, you know, bigger house? Of course we would. But, you know, at the time we just had to make those decisions and live with them. And I think part of that is I just want to show the girls I want, you know, I have two young daughters. I want them to understand that they can build a life that is going to make them happy outside of the expectations of like the outside world, right? They make the decisions and they can, they, they, you know, you follow through with them and, and you get to create the life that you want. So that is a big motivation for me is just to show the girls like to be a model, 
right to my girls as well. So, and then of course, like, I want my family to be proud of me. I, you know, I said, I grew up with a very successful um, father in business. So, you know, I want him to be proud of me. I want my husband to be proud of me because you know he's done, you know, he's been a huge support um, over the last, we're coming up on nine years um, from when I left my full-time job. Um, you know, he's been a huge support, um, of, of me owning a business and being home with the girls and being a full-time mom and being that, that really, um, you know, the sole income earner essentially for a long time. So yeah, I think all of those pieces that, that past, I guess, essentially it kind of wraps up into like that past, present and future, um, idea really, really is, is the driver for what I do. I trust you're enjoying this week's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. So I wanted to let you know really quick that the Autumn Cohort is now open for enrollment for our group cohort program. This begins on October 6th and runs from 1 till 2 p.m. every Wednesday with another group of awesome entrepreneurs. So if you're interested in joining our group cohort program, you can head to psacompany.ca and sign up for that through our application form. In addition, we do have a couple of uh, spots available for our one-to-one coaching. And if you're interested in that, head to our website as well and fill out the application form and I will be in touch with you. Back to this week's episode. There's so many amazing points that you made there. Um, I love, love, love that you mentioned just being a really big inspiration to your kids. Uh, I feel like a lot of um, a lot of our listeners and female entrepreneurs who are moms can really relate to that because it's always showing up and showing them that they do have the choice to to change and, and do what they want with their own lives. And and you're an example of that. So that's incredible that you're able to provide that to your girls. So Thank kudos you. to you for that. Thanks. <laughs> I am curious, what has been your biggest challenge since you become an entrepreneur? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I would probably say time management. Um, just the idea that like, you know, I really did have to put that. I hate that term. Like you can have it all right. Okay. Sure. You can have it all. You can have a career. You can be a mom, but I mean, you can't, what's that term? You can't have it all right now. (laughs) So I really had to struggle with that and, and really understand what my time management, um, really having to focus on my time management. Cause as I mentioned before, like as a service-based business, there's only so many hours that I can, that I can function as a, you know, as a coach or a mentor or, or training people one-on-one or doing talks, like all these things that I do, they take time. Um, and so, yeah, the time management's been a struggle. It was a bigger struggle when I was running the magazine, um, because it was literally like, I would be, like I said, I would be a mom all day. I did not have any care for my girls. Um, like I didn't have any daycare. They were home with me all the time. Um, my parents live about an hour and a half away. Um, so they were there to help me, but not, uh, you know, not, not as frequently as, um, you know, I would have hoped. So it really was just trying to find these like pockets of time that I could work. And a lot of the time it did end up being like, you know, the kids would go to bed at nine o'clock. Right. And then I would start working from like nine until midnight, one in the morning, two in the morning, like, and again, it's just, that's that, that type of schedule and that way that I was managing my time and trying to create that balance was just not sustainable. So, I mean, it's easier now my girls are back in school. So 
they were home uh, all last year um, for a virtual school because of the pandemic. So I had, uh, you know, I had the kids at home <laughs> for most of their lives. And then my little one had just started junior kindergarten um, when uh, like in, at the end of 2019 and six months later, the world shut down. So she was actually only in school. Um, uh, I don't even actually think she was in school full-time when she was going, cause she had a really difficult transition to kindergarten. So we were taking lots of days off. We had teacher strikes to deal with. We had, uh, you know, weeks of on and off illnesses and runny noses. <laughs> the poor kid really never got an opportunity to go to school um, properly. And then uh, in March of 2020, uh, she stayed home with me for 18 months. So I guess, yeah, I think time management has definitely been the biggest struggle that I have had to um, deal with. I, I was going to say overcome. I have not overcome it. <laughs> I am way too overscheduled right now. And uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's finding a routine. It's trying to figure out where that balance is between like, yes, I need to get my stuff done, but also I can't, I can't burn out. Right. Like it's just, I, I can't let myself get to that point where, um, I'm, you know, struggling on the verge of burnout. And then I am not a good entrepreneur. I'm not a good business owner and I'm definitely not a good mom or wife. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say time management for sure is always a struggle. <laughs> I feel like time management is one of those things that a lot of people struggle with and, mm -hmm. and you're not alone in that. I know that it's always yeah. a challenge to find that like little pocket of time where you can work on your business. And yeah. Anyway. And I think time management has got to be a struggle, like whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're, you know, a, a, a working outside of the home, right? Like there's, it, Man, it's got to be a struggle for anybody. Seriously, if anybody is listening to this and they have like nailed time management and they really understand time management, can you like message me and let me know? Because <laughs> I think you figured something out that the rest of us have not. <laughs> it's constantly like, I feel like it's an everyday, uh, everyday, you look at it and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this today. And then something completely happens that you're not able to totally. do it. And then the next day you're like, okay, I'm starting again. It doesn't work. Yeah. Well, the interesting, the interesting thing is, you know, and I've talked to a lot of moms recently about this is like, now that the kids are back in school, um, and actually my husband and I had to have a conversation about this too, because, you know, I was like, I don't have enough time in the day to do stuff. And my husband's like, what do you mean? He's like, the kids are in school. And I'm like, but now I'm trying to cram like an entire day's worth of stuff into like what essentially works out to be about five hours between by the time I get home from dropping the kids off from school. And then by the time I have to leave again, it's only about a five hour period. Right. So now I'm trying to get like eight hours of work in any errands that I have to run groceries that I need to pick up, um, appointments that I have to have, you know, today I'm taking the girls, they've just got their doctor's appointment. So that's going to take like a couple of hours out of my day to do that. Like you're just trying to cram everything into them. There's a lot of pressure, right. Where, you know, to, to get as much out of that five hour period as you possibly can. So that when the kids are home, I'm not feeling distracted. I'm not trying to send emails. I'm not meeting with clients. Right. And it's just, it's, it's not only a balance, but I mean, it's just finding, it's trying to find some sort of routine that works that isn't going to lead to a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I hear you yeah. on that. I hear you on that. <laughs> what do you think has been your greatest accomplishment since you started in entrepreneurship? 
Um, I mean, the, I think the fact that I've been able to do it for so long, I mean, it hasn't been easy, right? Like, I mean, I started, I launched, um, the magazine when my daughter was, my first daughter was like 18 months old. I think I registered the business when she was like 14 months. So yeah. So my, um, my, 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 my oldest now is almost nine. So I think the fact that I have been able to, um, not only keep the business going for almost nine years, but I think something that I'm really proud of is that I was able to pivot. Um, and I, I pivots become kind of a buzzword, I think, especially over the last 18 months with COVID and businesses having to learn how to adapt and, and pivot with the market. But I think that's always been a really important um, skill to develop as an entrepreneur, but I just think it's really become the forefront um, of conversations right now over the eight, last 18 months. But I feel like I pivoted really successfully, um, which I think I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm really proud that I was able to, um, if for me, like, I think if some people were to look at my career, they would sort of look at it like, like a zigzag, <laughs> like I was here and I was here and I did this and I did this and I was over here. And I disagree because I actually feel like it is, has been a pretty straight line. Like the core of it has always been around journalism and media and, and working with small businesses. I've just sort of been able to do it in some different ways. So the fact that I was able to do this successful pivot in 2019 not knowing that a pandemic was coming because if I had decided, I think if I had decided to stick with the magazine, um, I think 2020 could have looked entirely different for me because I don't know that the magazine would have survived um, that first lockdown. Um, the timing would have worked out that I would have had a spring issue printed, 5,000 copies printed and nowhere to distribute them uh, because all the all of my distributors were, were in lockdown. Um, so you know, not that I could have predicted that, but I do think that I am very proud of the way that I was able to identify, um, you know, the end of something, but also turn that ending into something that was new, but not entirely different from what I was doing, if that makes any sense at all. So yeah, I think the longevity of the business, um, I'm, I, I think has been a huge success. And then also I'm really proud of being able to pivot, um, in a, you know, in a really meaningful way. I love that so much. I feel like there's such beauty in when something ends and another thing begins and opens up just like kind of like that caterpillar butterfly analogy. And I think it's so beautiful what you're creating right now. So um, yeah, it's amazing. I think, you know, there is something to be said about identifying, you know, I actually had a conversation with somebody recently about the idea of like resilience, right? And there is this idea that resilience is like pushing forward and just keep doing, just keep doing that thing until it works. And I said, there is, like you said, there's a bit of a beauty in understanding like when something is not working or when something is not like, you're just not aligned with that thing anymore, right? Because we change as entrepreneurs, right? We develop, we change, we evolve. So I don't know why there's sort of this like misconception that your business needs to stay the same and you just need to keep doing the same thing over and over again until you reach that success point where, you know, there is there is a point where you have to understand that maybe it's not working because it's just not aligned with you as a person anymore. And I think this was a big realization for me with the magazine was I wasn't as connected with the content itself as I was when I first started it because mm. my, my children were not little anymore. I think a lot of like what I was writing about and what I was covering was that like pregnancy through to like age six, like that was what the magazine, the core of the magazine was about. That was the readership. 
but I was out of that phase as a mother. So I was just personally having a really hard time connecting with that content. And I was trying to force it, right? I was trying to force myself into, you know, in, into like, it was almost like a false connection. And it really, it, that was one of the bigger catalysts where I was like, really, like, maybe I do, maybe this is just not aligned with who I am as a person anymore. And, you know, there is, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with anybody taking a look at those and just saying like, it's not, you know, being resilient isn't just like just doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. Right. It, it is, you know, adjusting and pivoting and understanding the market and understanding yourself and understanding your own evolution and the business's evolution as well. So I just think that's a really important point that I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't talk about. I think there definitely needs to be a story change around um, exactly what you were saying, because there are so many people who start off with something and think they need to finish it. When in reality, that was just a starting point. And Mm -hmm. there's so many other avenues that you're supposed to take in your pursuit of entrepreneurship, success and business. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I mean, again, like I think on a surface level, again, if you were to sort of look at like my career trajectory, you could be like, well, you know, she failed as a you know, she, her first magazine failed. Um, and then, you know, I went into freelance writing and that didn't go well. So that was a failure. And then I started this other magazine and that was a failure. And now I'm doing this. And like, that's a really negative view of looking at it. It's a very surface level. I don't believe that at all. Every single thing and every single career change or every single pivot that I've made in the last 20 years has led to something better and more exciting and bigger every single time, because I never saw any shift as a failure. It was just an adjustment, right? And it's the same thing, whether you're in entrepreneurship or whether you're on a career path, right? Like every time you change jobs, it's not a failure. It's like, it's moving up the ladder. And, and even the language that we use around that, right? Like in that corporate world, like every time you change jobs, it's you're moving up the corporate ladder, you're getting closer to the top. Like it's a really celebratory, um, moment when somebody makes a change, but in entrepreneurship, we don't get that same language, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not there. The, the belief is that you're stopping something and starting something. And, and it's like, you get, you get up here and then you're now you're taking three steps back, right? And then you make three steps and now you're taking two steps back. It's not true. Every single decision that you make is moving your career forward. And I think I'm like a perfect example of that because every change that I've made has been bigger and better and, and has led to more growth than I could have imagined staying at the other place. Mm, that's amazing. I love that. I love quotes. So mm. what is your favorite quote that has had the most impact on your journey in entrepreneurship? Ooh, okay. So I have a couple that I just love. Oh, I love that you asked about quotes. So my absolute favorite quote that uh, as a, as a uh, media person and somebody who works in marketing, I absolutely love this quote from Seth Godin. And I use this in so much of my material. It's people don't buy goods and services. They buy relations, stories, and magic. Like I wish I could have this like tattooed, like on my forehead, when I'm talking to clients, like, I just think that encapsulates is so beautifully how you should approach your business. Right. And just the idea that like, you're creating magic for your clients and your customers, right. It's not about the things that you sell. It's about that experience. And I just think that 
he's just, he's just captured in those few words. I think he's just captured like the essence of, (laughs) of what I do as an entrepreneur. So I absolutely Mm. love that quote. And like I said, I use it in tons of my material and yeah, I think I'm thinking I'm going to like get it framed somewhere in my office. It's amazing. I I love love it so much. (laughs) So powerful. One of my favorite quotes is no risk, no reward. So Mm. what is one of the riskiest things you've ever done and how has it paid off? Um, man, you know, that's a, that's a, Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think starting, I think starting my first magazine back in 2008 was super risky. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I was super young. Um, I was still pretty fresh out of college and just sort of had this idea. And I mean, I was super lucky that I had a safety net, (laughs) um, where I was, you know, able to, my parents did help me start that magazine and, um, it was very risky. Um, I mean, but if I hadn't done it in 2008, I don't know that I would have been able to do it in 2014. Right. Like, because when I'd made the decision to start the holistic parent, I'd already done it before. I'd already gone through the process of what it looked like to start a magazine and sourcing printers and source talking about paper stock. And like, I was just, I was, it, it, it didn't, it didn't scare me as much the second time. Cause I had already done it. So yeah, I think that was like, I mean, potentially some people could say it was a stupid decision because <laughs> I was absolutely not prepared, but it was super risky, but I think it a hundred percent paid off because it kicked off my entrepreneurship journey. It gave me a ton of confidence that I was going to be able to do it a second time. And I learned so much from that experience. Like you can't replicate the amount of, of, um, I, I couldn't have learned if I hadn't done it, um, like that. So yeah, it was super risky. I think when you're 26, that's the time to take those kind of risks. Um, because in 2014, I had a family, I had a house, I had a mortgage, we had two cars, right? Like I would not have been able to take the risk that I did, um, in 2008. So yeah, that was huge. And then, I mean, another big risk was, was shutting the magazine down, you know, um, in 2014, the magazine was, hugely successful. Um, and this is something that I have to, you know, talk to people about and, and that, you know, has come up with my, with my clients as well. When we're talking about pivoting, the magazine was not a failure. The magazine was growing. It was making money. It was, we were printing 20,000 copies a year and I could not keep copies on the shelves. Like I would be dropping copies off and three days later, I would be having distributors call me and ask me for more copies. And I was like, I don't have any, like we're sold out. So, and, and the revenue was growing, the ad, the ad revenue was getting bigger. The events that I was running, like they were selling out every single month, like for all intents and purposes, the magazine was growing. It was successful. It was making money, like all of those like check marks, right. Of like a successful business. So to shut down a really successful business to try something that I hadn't tried before, also a huge risk. But again, like my God, the payoffs and the rewards that I've, that I've seen on the last 18 months is like, I could not have predicted how well this, this pivot could have gone. (laughs) To, um, to touch on that a little bit, I actually met you through one of your holistic parent events. And then like what, 12 months later, I messaged you and we started working together. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty close. (laughs) How that has like transpired, like how moving from your magazine and your magazine events has like in turn, like 
changed into now this other business where people who have known you from your magazine are now reaching out to you to have conversations and to work with you. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, that was one of the reasons that this second, like this pivot was um, successful was because I was listening to my community. Right. And, and, you know, people loved the magazine, but you know, not to toot my own horn, but a lot of people were saying that they were wanted to be involved in the magazine because they wanted to do something with me. Right. But they just, they wanted to work with me. They, they loved coming to my events. They loved being part of the community that I was creating. Um, you know, did it make sense for them to be advertising in the magazine? Maybe, or maybe not, but I just ended up creating this like really amazing community of female entrepreneurs that like, we all just sort of like seem to get each other. Right. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the magic was that like attracted these people, but it, it really was, it really ended up being this really amazing, supportive community of female entrepreneurs who were mostly parents who just wanted to come together and be together and share and collaborate. Um, so when I was able to make the shift over to working with businesses, I think almost like I'm looking at my client list on my wall right now. I think almost every single one of them had a connection to me through the magazine, either through coming to my networking events, previous advertisers I've been working with. I have um, three writers right now on my client roster. Like they've all just come to me through the magazine. So again, it was like, this is why I don't feel like it was like the end of a magazine and the beginning of a new business. It was just an evolution. And it really was because I was listening to my community and what they wanted and what they needed in order to grow their business. They didn't need a place to advertise their business. They needed a place to connect with other entrepreneurs and, and have the conversations that I was able to facilitate. Um, but now I just do it on a more of a, like a one-on-one basis. So yeah, like I said, it really is just, they're kind of an extension of each other. <laughs> they, they really are. And it's amazing. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I just love what you're doing. And I think it's, it's amazing how you were able to just see where you were supposed to go with your career, with your business and, and just go there and take that Thank leap. You. So that's amazing. Thanks. I have a rapid round, um, that I would love for you to answer. It's just three questions. Whatever first comes to your mind. All right. Okay. Um, let's do it. <laughs> your favorite book. Oh, Ooh. Um, my favorite book. Okay. So I'm going <laughs> to, I love great expectations by Charles Dickens. Like I was probably, I, I'm sure, I don't know if there, I have like business books and stuff that I love too, but I just, I just love that book so much. I read it in high school. I've reread it in university. I have like a very special copy, like on my shelf. I just, I don't know why I just love that book so much. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what are you most productive? Ooh, great question. So I would have said in the evening, like I used to be really, really productive between the hours of like 10 AM and 1 AM. And I've actually gone through a huge shift and I'm now, I do early mornings. I am absolutely my most productive between about 5 AM and 7 AM. And like, yeah, I I will never go back to those late nights again. Amazing. And what is one thing that is happening in your life right now that you are so excited about? Ooh, um, you know what, you know what I'm really, really excited about is we're actually starting to talk about traveling again. Um, I love, I love traveling so much. We have done, my husband and I have done traveling. Like we backpacked through Europe together for three months when we were like in our twenties. Um, we just, I, it just like feeds my soul, 
traveling places. And we're just at that point where we are starting to talk about like maybe in 2022 that we could potentially start traveling again. So every time we like start getting those conversations, I get like tingles of excitement. (laughs) Exciting. Exciting. Elaine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. If my, if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So, um, I mean, easiest way actually is through Instagram. I do a lot on Instagram. So, um, for Wilshire media, it's Wilshire underscore media, or you can follow me at, um, um, pitch class, all one word, um, and then website as well. So, uh, wilshiremedia.ca or pitch dash class.com. And there's, you know, reach out to me through, uh, through the contact form or shoot me a DM. Thank you so much, Elaine, for coming on the podcast today. I loved everything that you had to share with us. You had so much amazing knowledge to share, and I just really appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you, Patricia. This was super fun. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of The Real Journey Podcast. Every Wednesday, we upload new episodes for you to listen to of wonderful entrepreneurs that have inspired and empowered us to achieve and do more. So check back next Wednesday for another episode with another amazing entrepreneur. And as always, if you liked what you heard today, please feel free to share on Instagram. Tag me. I am Patricia underscore ABD. And I would love to share and hear your insights on this episode. In addition, don't forget to leave us a review if you truly love what you've heard. Talk to you next week.